Welcome to Planes, Trains, and Kids Abroad. I'm your host, Erica Budd, and my goal is to inspire you to travel with your kids to other countries. From single parents to families of eight, each experience is different and each person provides a different perspective. After the show, don't forget to check out my new picture book, Travel Rangers Mission to Australia, and take your kids on an adventure to learn about the country and culture of Australia. Now, let's meet our next guest. So today with me, I have Ben and Megan Schwartz. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having us. We're very excited to be here. Yes, Megan, you were even on a flight and landed and came right here. So I'm really happy you're here. Thank you so much. Um, so let's see, I have you on the show. You took your first child to Israel when she was only 10 months old. Now you have six kids ages 13, 12, 10, 6, 4, and 1. I mean, that's a lot of work without traveling. And here you are taking them around the world. So tell me, what countries have you taken them to so far? Um, we've kind of been a little bit of everywhere. We've done um, Israel, Canada, Turkey, Portugal, Mexico, Guatemala, Panama, France, and the Bahamas. Which is amazing. And I think you said you have another trip planned, right? Um, yes, we are hoping to, it sounds like we're going to Iceland. Yes. Iceland. This will be very exciting because that's been on our bucket list for a while. That sounds amazing. And this actually, I didn't, I didn't ask you this before, but just out of curiosity, how do you guys pick which countries you're going to? It's a really good question. Sorry, I kind of threw that one at you and I apologize, but it just made me realize like that's, you're all over the place. Sometimes it depends on the family member. So like my mother-in-law wants to go to Iceland. Um, we had a cousin who had a conference on the West Coast, so we decided to all meet up and go skiing in Canada together. Um, sometimes we, were, we we had a trip planned to Cancun, and Ben said, let's take a few extra days and go somewhere else. And there was a flight to Guatemala, so we ended up doing Guatemala. Wow. Uh, so it kind of sometimes depends on where there are two flights, um, where there ha- we feel like there's activities that our kids would love. Panama was um, an example of it was like under $150 a person. And when you're flying with so many kids, that is really helpful. That helps. <laughs> um, Panama had everything. There's rainforest, city, beach. So we're like, this will be a winner because we can do everything there. So sometimes it's, you know, where there's cheap flights. Sometimes it's what's on a bucket list or somewhere we're really wanting to go. Um, and sometimes it's, yeah, somebody else makes a request. Ben, anything to add to that? <laughs> I we're not particular about where we're going. We just know we don't like to repeat anything twice. Okay. So if That's we've been there, good. if we've been there, we're done. There you go. Love new experiences, so we always want to see if we can get to somewhere we haven't been. And my wife and I have a general competition with one another over <laughs> um, countries we've been to. So if we were before we were married, if we had been there, then we try to. Move if I've been there, I try to avoid it and go there so she can catch up and the other way. So I'm sadly, I'm sadly probably never going to make it to Greece because he's like, I've done it. I don't. <laughs> Unless you take the kids on your own. <laughs> right, I, might have to, I had to do Turkey with a kid on my own. So you never know. Never say never. <laughs> so tell me now, it was really interesting talking to you guys because obviously you've done traveling overseas before, but why take your kids? Why not just leave them at home? I mean, six kids, it's a lot. Obviously, it'd be a lot easier, right? And cheaper. So taking the kids is um, one of the most enjoyable things. Um, as, as an adult, I think 
I speak for myself, but we don't tend to react to things in quite the excitable way that kids do. And when kids get to see something new for the first time, especially something exotic, something they couldn't have imagined, even something like the Eiffel Tower, seeing the Eiffel Tower, having seen a picture of it before, they're just their reaction, their excitement is uh, is incomparable. There's nothing like it. Uh, watching the kids react. Um, also, like you know, we're we're busy people. We have a lot going on, and we have a lot of routine that we deal with every day. And it's the it's the best time to just focus on the kids. That's There's right. no distractions from devices. There's no distractions from friends. There's just family time and. It, with the challenges that come with lots of family time, the benefits definitely outweigh those challenges. And it's just great time spent together that you don't have throughout the year. That's great. Megan? One, yeah, one thing I'll add is also both Ben and I, our parents brought us on vacations when we were little. Like, I remember maybe one or two trips that my parents didn't bring me. Um, but for the most part, we went everywhere together. So, yeah, I think it's really important for couples to get away without their children um, ben and I did Morocco without our kids, and that was one of my favorite trips ever. So it is really important to get away without your children, but that's more like the special occasion, the exception, mm-hmm. whereas every other trip we're taking, we, we bring our kids with us. Yeah, and I know, Ben, and I, I think we're going to touch on this later, but you made a fu- funny comment earlier, which is, what what, what's make, what did you say earlier? Like, he would rather <laughs> go with the kids than go just with you? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I that it, um, I love my wife, but you know, I I talk to my wife, and we can have a nice conversation uh, between the two of us. But the kids are much harder to connect with uh, on a day to day basis. So, way going away with the kids is like is really special time to connect with them. So it it changes uh, the dynamic uh, in a good way. So, I uh, as much as I love my wife, you know, <laughs> the kids are there too. And luckily, she understands. <laughs> For the most I'm part. Really <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes really hard right now. If I need to be saying this. Um, so I want to kind of talk a little bit more about why you think parents should travel abroad. But before I do, why why were you so excited to come on the show? I mean, now, Megan, when I was telling people that I was going to have this show, you were one of the first to respond, and I loved it. What? What? Why? Why were you so excited? Um, we love to travel, and I so many times hear from friends and, and clients of mine and just lots of other people that like it's so hard and how do you do it and I can barely make it to the park with my four kids and you're going to another country and I really want those to know that it's yeah it's challenging so is going to the park with your kids like it's challenging, <laughs> but the reward is so great and it's so important for people to you know be in the moment and have these experiences with their kids and I I, you know, we're in these amazing Facebook groups, you know, traveling worldwide with kids and people share advice and ask questions. And when you said that you were doing this, I think it's just so important for people to be able to, you know, hear from real, real families. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Wow. You can do it with six kids. Like I probably could do it with my two. Or if you went to two countries on one trip, like we can make the logistics of one country work, you know, just hearing from other people really, I think, inspires and gives others the idea to realize they can do it too. I love it. And that's exactly why I started this podcast. So I'm so grateful that you jumped on it and for, then you dragged Ben along. So thank you, Ben, for joining us as well. We love love listening to podcasts. (laughs) You can hear yourself, right? (laughs) Which is one of the things we love about um, our trips um, is when we get back and the comments we get about 
how do you do so much in a day? Because it makes us laugh because for us, it's just, that's what we do. We're just that we're, we're extroverts. We love running around. We love being busy. We wake up early, go to bed late. So it's, it's not, I guess we don't have some of the challenges that other people might have. We have different challenges for sure. Uh, but it's something that when we see the kids talking about the trips and um, talking to their friends about it in a, in a positive way, what a great experiences they had, it just makes us want to keep doing it. And I want to share with people that, you know, the experiences, um, let them know it's, it not only is it doable, but it's enjoyable too with your kids. That's great. No, thank you, Ben. Okay, so let's, I know you've talked about kind of why you travel with your kids, but let's, let's, you know, one of the reasons, and I shared with you that I wasn't, I was one of those parents that wasn't going to take my kid abroad because I figured he'll never remember it. Now, I've definitely changed my point of view, but one of the things you said, which, which kind of um, reminded me why I do it was uh, talk a little bit about Guatemala and your experience there. I know you're talking about like just something simple, like the fruit on the street. So the kids, Love, so I'll start over. Kids don't always remember details. I'm trying to remember my own childhood. We don't always remember uh, a lot of the details of the experiences, but the emotion stays, and the most obscure things that occur on the vacation are the things that stick in their mind. I have random memories when I was a kid from my vacations that I don't know why I remember those things, Mm -hmm. but I do, Mm -hmm. and... You know, memories is a big part of it, of having positive experiences and good memories. That's a big part of it. But um, when you take pictures, and we're believers in printing out pictures so you can look at them and pick them up casually instead of having them on a, a device or a drive to find once in a while or down the road. But when the kids take up a picture and they or pick up a, 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 one of the, a picture book, um, a photo album, and they go through it and they see it and they remember the experiences It reinforces those experiences, those memories and that good time that they had. There's nothing that compares to that. They just, they, they do remember a lot more than we think. We have countless times I've dragged the kids to, uh, to things they don't really want to do at the time. And afterward they go, okay, I guess that was pretty cool. I well, oh, that was interesting. And then even if they don't say that down the road, they're in school and they say, Oh, didn't we do that? Didn't we go to that? Didn't we have that experience? <laughs> And then we can talk about it, and then I'm, you know, I'm vindicated in my own mind. But for the kids, it's just it, it helps them connect to something better. When they, my daughter was learning about the Panama Canal just a few weeks ago, and she was able to tell her whole class how a canal worked. Yeah. I don't think she even paid it was paying attention. To it. <laughs> but she was she paid attention to every detail. She was able to explain it with much more. A 13 year old, she was probably 11 when we went, and she had a lot of information to share that I did not think she had. That's great. Uh, when it comes to like like you said the fruit on the street in Guatemala, um, something so simple as like walking to a boring activity that the kids didn't want to be doing, <laughs> but they saw this like super cool stand where they were carving mangoes into flowers and just finding that like one dollar mango on the side of the street like that they remember and they're excited about and it's something so simple, but it got them so excited and so happy you know, to just be able to experience and to see that like in America, okay, so some parts of the country, you know, you might have fruit stands on the street corner, like we don't have that in South Florida, Um, in the area we're in, and to see like little carts of people selling, you know, food on the street and then elsewhere, that's not something that they don't get to do at home. So just watching their reactions, like the fact that we allow them to buy it, like they think we're going to say no. We're like, yeah, sure, it's a dollar. Like, (laughs) 
You want to eat fruit? Yes, please, anytime. <laughs> but you're right. I mean, that's not something. Yeah, that's not something you'd think they'd remember, right? You think it's just something simple, but it's like you said, different than their own, which is, is which is great. It's an experience that they'll never. I mean, the way you travel, they'll probably have it again, but it was a first for them, right? But it's also, I think there's a perspective that they get from traveling that they, it's not always the obvious things that, as we're saying, not only, it's not always the obvious things they're going to remember, but they do remember emotion and they yeah. do remember perspective. So when they see someone who has less than them uh, living in a country that's poorer than in, in, than the United States or in the area they live in, they reflect on it. They wonder yeah. why it is that way. They ask yeah. questions. We have conversations you know, who knows what seeps in, but um, I think that they do understand. I have had a kid tell me in the past that, you know, they appreciate what they have a little bit more, seeing yeah, how other yeah. kids are living, how, an, a, you know, a, an eight-year-old kid is running around the streets trying to sell you a small little toy. Um, the kids always want to buy something because they feel horrible yeah. that that kid has to do that. That's a perspective that it's invaluable to teach them, not just to have them appreciate what they have at home, but just to appreciate what the rest of the world is like yeah because you could tell them all you want at home but if they actually see it and that's what i love traveling as well is is when you see it it hits you home in a different way and kids as well exactly now megan i know you had touched touched about uh, earlier when we spoke that um sometimes the kids don't get it so you and ben go out of your way to actually tell them what's different tell them what's unique right yeah i remember we were in portugal like in this magnificent castle, they, they were they were all gorgeous and amazing. And one of our kids was complaining about how she was jealous that her friend was in Orlando on vacation, and they had rented like a private villa on the water with a boat. And she's like, "Ugh!" And we're in this like castle, and I was like, "You're in a castle." <laughs> and they're like, "Oh yeah, you're right." So sometimes we just have to like. You know, we get it. We understand what we're experiencing. But sometimes it's just pointing out to them, you know, what what you're seeing, what you're doing, how lucky you are to have this. Like, yes, we're going to Cancun and we took three days and went to Guatemala first before meeting up with our cousins. Like, you kind of have to, like, remind them mm -hmm, mm -hmm. about what they're experiencing and the special opportunities they're having. And then we'll continue to talk about it. One of the things that we do a lot is we'll say, can you believe that yesterday we climbed a volcano? Yeah. Like, we'll bring it up the next day to remind them. Like, guys, that was just yesterday. Like, <laughs> That's great. Another adventure. But yesterday we climbed a volcano. And then that just gets them to talk about it and get excited about the idea all over again. That's wonderful. That's wonderful. Yeah. And I know you, you mentioned, Ben, I know you mentioned the, the pictures and like your daughter, even the, when she was 10 months old, like she'll point out pictures. And even though she doesn't remember it, she still gets excited to show everybody, right? Yeah, I mean, in our, maybe one of the more enjoyable things looking at pictures is that every kid thinks that every baby is them in every picture. <laughs> uh, but they they just, it's a wonderful watching them reminisce and think about things that they've done in the past um, and what they appreciate. Because they've, again, it's even if they're complaining at the time and it seems miserable, they, in the end, they, they absolutely love it. And they tell us all the time how much they love it. Um, and the reward after the fact, getting those little bits of um, those reminders afterward help a lot at the in the moment. Because in the moment, sometimes kids are, we're in a museum and they're screaming at each other. And you're like, why did I do this to myself? 
and then you're reminded, oh yeah, they did get something out of it. They did enjoy it. We did have a good time. Um, those looking at those pictures really help. I love. And one of the things that we have in our house is we have a wall that's now become yeah. two walls. Um, of every time we've gone on a vacation, we take a picture back to back with our arms crossed. It's like we have like a whole pose. I don't know. <laughs> we have a whole pose that we do it. Um, and they're all up on the wall. Which is great. So our kids, when their friends come over, they love showing the pictures, talking about their favorite trips, like sharing a memory that they have. And it's like in our family room. So everyone can see it on a regular basis. And that kind of keeps the trip alive more than just having it in an album somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Right up on the wall. I love that. You should probably buy stock in um, black frames from Michael. <laughs> probably close to 200 by now. That's great. And I'm sure you're going to keep adding, right? That's now, Ben, you uh, mentioned fighting. So let's kind of switch gears into the realities of traveling with children. Um, you know, Megan, you mentioned something before when you were not speaking. They're going to complain no matter what. So tell me a little bit more about that, why that doesn't keep you from traveling. Yeah, so our theory or our experience, especially with our lovely, wonderful children, is that when they're on, let's say, a break from school or vacation, if we're at home, they're arguing. So we might as well go somewhere on a vacation where they're still going to be arguing, but we get to see <laughs> things at the same time. Um, but I, I think, and Ben can speak more to this, but I think that, you know, kids are going to complain no matter what. And whatever their personalities are or the challenges that you have with them, none of that's going to necessarily change or go away when you're on a trip. Yeah, um, yeah. Sometimes it's even amplified more. You know, a kid that doesn't like to move move quickly, you know, and you are trying to push them to get out of the hotel early in the morning, you still have to know your kids and know their strengths and their weaknesses. Um, yeah, being able, but you can do all those things while you're traveling. You just have to know, you know, how to work with your kids in that situation. Yeah. And I know, Ben, you mentioned one thing that you find that helps is you set their expectations. So every, tell us a little bit about that. Well, I think there's, we joke that we're taking trips, not vacations, because we have to set our own expectations. Yeah. That if you're expecting a lie on the beach, relax, even if you're at a beach, you're not relaxing because you have to keep six kids alive and follow them and know where they are and make sure they don't get lost, which we've done plenty of times also. <laughs> you have to make sure that, you know, there's a lot of logistics in going to the beach where you have children. So it's just, it's a trip and enjoy the trip for what it is but don't expect a relaxing vacation. Um, that's one thing I like to keep in mind. But also when you're, if you're on an airplane and in an airport and the kids are confined in a small space, they're going to scream, they're going to fight, they're going to yell. Hopefully you can, as they get older, they understand not to do that as much, but especially on the younger end, um, you have to know that sometimes kids scream and that's okay. And as long as you're projecting competence to other people and that you know what you're doing and you're you're on top of it you're trying to get your kid to come down okay there are always gonna be some people who are judging you and thinking you're a, a horrible parent but that's okay <laughs> anyone who has kids knows what you're dealing with and anyone who doesn't have kids will never understand until they do or if they ever do and people get it I, I, and the best part about it is that you'll never see those people again but in the meantime just manage the situation as it is and and move on yeah, no, definitely. Now, I know one of the things that you do, I know, Ben, you like to plan out the day. And I know you had mentioned before that 
you tell the kids that they'll at least get one thing each day that they're going to enjoy, right? Can you talk a little bit more about that? So that's important for us, something that we had to learn that lesson ourselves, is it doesn't matter what is we, – we have to prep the kids every day with what is going on. They've The older ones especially have come to um, realize that if they, if they know what their expectations are for the day, they can manage it better. But um, really we know that I like to see more museums and sites, and the kids may want to be more active or they want to do something more kid-oriented. And our kids know that we don't do – things like zoos or aquariums or anything that you can do in your own city. But the things that we can do, we want to make sure that we have something every day that's oriented toward the kids in some way. So it doesn't always have to be something exciting. It could be in one in, in Guatemala, it was a volcano. That was a really great thing to look forward to. That was a most of the day activity. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we went to a coffee plantation, which was a little bit less exciting. Um, but they know that, um, usually something good will come at least by the end of the day. Sometimes it could be, um, we'll get ice cream at some point. It could be, we're going to watch a movie at the end of, at, at the hotel, at the end of the night. Um, or it could be, there is something specific for kids. So we really try to just make sure that the kids are engaged with everything. And there's always something to keep them all busy throughout the day and something to look forward to in many cases, because it's all about expectations for in, in most of life. It's about expectations, but especially with kids on a, on a trip. And you mentioned, too, that not all the kids, I mean, what's a favorite trip or a favorite activity for one is not the same for another, right? So that affects it as well. Yeah, that's okay. I mean, you can't make everybody happy all yeah. the time. Yeah. Um, you just do the best you can uh, with as, make as many people as happy as you can for most of the time. And the rest will deal in therapy later in life. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think one thing that you said is what makes our like family trips really unique um, is that we don't do like those aquariums yeah. and the children's museums and the zoos. Um, but people are always, we get calls all the time from family and friends. How did you find all these things? Like, what should I do in this city? Um, we're actually thinking about restarting a business, helping people plan their itineraries on the side because we keep getting asked for our itineraries because we don't do those typical, yeah. um, you know, those typical things. And you look at like top 10 things to do with kids in a city. We usually only do one or two of those. Yeah. Um, so, and I think our kids have adjusted to that. They don't have those expectations that they're going to be doing, you know, all those little kid friendly activities. And sometimes there is, you know, when you're in the best zoo in the world. You know, sometimes there are really remarkable things to see or do for kids, but they kind of just adjust to the kind of things that we want to do and see. And you mentioned, so we kind of talked about you have a child with diabetes, correct? And for some people, that would keep them from traveling because they're too scared of something happening. And something did happen with you, right? So tell us a little bit about that, that to kind of remind people that even if, you know, your kids have, have, have a, a uh, health issues and it does, shouldn't stop you from traveling so number one when you travel um anywhere by yourself with kids anywhere in the world um always bring medical supplies in your carry-on bag you never want to put your anything medical underneath the plane because if god forbid you lose luggage mm-hmm. or anything happens to it that could really be a challenge so we had all of her diabetes medication um in our carry-on in a backpack and we were heading towards um, Portugal, and we had a day layover in Paris. And somehow, between the plane in Paris and our hotel in Portugal, all of the medication disappeared. 
Well, I was like freaking out and having a breakdown. My husband is much calmer than I am in these situations. And we went to the hotel concierge. And I think that we don't give enough credit in general to hotel concierges. I don't know if that word. And they very calmly, their job is to help you with any kind of thing you need in their country and at their hotel and in their city. Mm-hmm. Um, they, you know, they quickly connected us with an Uber to take us to a pharmacy who they knew spoke English. Um, and not only did they have everything we needed, they didn't even need a prescription. So any diabetics like Europe is wonderful. And it was like a fraction of the cost and you're able to get everything we need um, and get back to the hotel. I think my husband was gone for maybe an hour, hour and a half altogether. Uh-huh. So listen, any, any medical issue, any disability, anything that you or a family member has, it, it could be a deterrent, right? It could be a reason yeah. not to travel and not to do things. And it could be a hurdle or you can just work with it. There's benefits, you know, for example, when you have diabetes, you can get a letter from your doctor that allows you to bring drinks on an airplane. Yeah. So we take full advantage of that. Yeah. <laughs> we bring drinks on an airplane. We bring bags into places where you're not supposed to bring bags and food. So, you know, there's benefits. You can sometimes get passes to go to the front of the line in the amusement parks. So, you know, we'll turn, we'll take full advantage of it. But listen, you don't have to make it a hurdle. You know, we went to Panama with a i think she was three or four at the time with a broken cat with a cast she had broken her arm like two weeks before the trip and yes it was inconvenient and yes she couldn't go in all the water and do all the things um because of her cast but it didn't need to be a stopping point you know it didn't need to be a deterrent from enjoying the trip i love that i love that thing you want to add with medical staff or <laughs> um, on our most recent trip to uh, Mexico, um, Megan ended up in the in the hospital uh, with a I don't know what it was. It was weird. An so, abscess. Yeah, it was disgusting. So, <laughs> so it was it was difficult, and even worse, Megan went to one hospital, and they said this isn't the right this. There was another medical some crazy accident on the highway. So they were like, go to this other hospital. They sent it to a different hospital. Uh, she were gone for a bunch of hours. It was not a pleasant situation for you. Uh, but um, I'm, as Megan said, like, it's only a hurdle if you want to make it a hurdle. If yeah. you're in a, a Western country or even a not-so-Western country, unless you're – there are some countries that may be more, be more nervous to go to their hospitals. But um, the countries where we travel generally, if you're staying in the cities, you're going to be – you're going to have – good enough medicine um hopefully there's no major major issues but if it's a if it's a more run-of-the-mill type of situation they're going to be able to handle it if it's a common issue like diabetes which is a pretty well known throughout the world how to handle diabetes issues um again major major issues are are have different challenges but assuming you're doing normal things in normal places it's only a hurdle if you want the anxiety to get to you um otherwise there's, there should be no issues traveling. And, you know, we've had um, more than our share of broken bones over the years. Thankfully, none of them happened abroad. But um, you go to the hospital, you take care of it, and you go home. Okay. Now, and before we move to a different topic, 
One hurdle that you have that a lot of families don't have is because of the size of your family, how do you possibly get around? What tips do you have for other big families? Uh, we may or may not use seatbelts. And may or may not yeah. use car seats. Are we not share that information? <laughs> sure. <laughs> there are some kids who end up on laps on occasion. Um, um, we are, one thing we do is when we're, when we're able to, depending on the trip, we'll uh, rent a large vehicle, okay. which can hold everybody, like 15 passenger vans. If they're available, we're working on getting one right now in Iceland that we can travel with. Um, that's like probably the ideal circumstances that we can control where we're going and how we get there. Um, and everyone can fit in one car. Um, and that becomes like a fun, exciting thing for the kids. Like that's a fun part of the trip. Yeah. So Something again, you don't think about, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and they definitely stay in their seatbelts when they're in these large cars. <laughs> and, and even though there's enough seats for two per person, they definitely don't fight about who sits where. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, and then the other thing we do is we'll just, you know, we're eight people. So uh, that's two um, Uber or Lyft. So in just about, I think almost every country we've been to in the last 15 years has some form of, uh, has Uber or Lyft or some other local uh, company. So we just get in a car. You can always use a taxi, but they're less, um, I don't know, they're never quite as good as you want them to be compared to people driving their own vehicles. Um, so we just make it happen. And then thankfully phones um, work in every country. I think with our uh, phone company, it's like $10 mm -hmm. a week or something. I don't remember the exact uh, details, but it's not much to have your phone working and your data plan. So we can text, we can call each other without any problems. Yeah. We don't have to worry about losing each other if we're in different cars. I mean, um, I don't love it. Like, I'll be honest, like sometimes it's a little scary. You know, you, I'm in a car with three little kids in another country and the driver doesn't always speak English and my husband's in another car with other kids. Um, but, you know, you, when you have Uber or Lyft, you put in the address and they drop you off there and usually you get there within about the same couple of minutes um, and we meet up. So, you know, that typically has been working for us. Yeah, I don't worry about Megan being alone with those three kids in the car because as much as you don't want to be with him, he doesn't want to be with more kids either. <laughs> well, you also mentioned uh, if you're local, then you'll take local transportation as well, right? Yeah, in some countries, it, I guess it depends where you are. But we were, I'm just thinking of our recent trips to uh, Guatemala and Mexico where uh, public transportation was not the not the best option for us. Got it. Uh, in any also, context, with strollers. With strollers, sometimes yeah, it's easier than yeah, others. Like when we were in London, there's no better way to travel than on the train. Like there's you, you the underground is the no. is the activity. It, you could I could have stayed on there. The kids could have stayed on there. Going back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Just yeah, driving. I don't think we had to get off. They were happy. <laughs> uh, yeah, the public transportation is an option. We're definitely going to do that, especially when it's faster than anything else. Like in London, it's the fastest way to get around. Um, so we're definitely going to do that. But it, it, I guess it's all circumstantial. Depends what we're doing. If we're doing a trip to go somewhere further out of the city, if there's a bus, if there's a – Got it. We tend not to do the group tours because we're so large. Yeah. Usually not – it's not the costs don't work out. Or it's easier to just do it on our own. Yeah. We'd also – we'd rather hire, hire a private driver and a guide yeah. than to be on a group tour, especially with little kids. Um, I'm just, like, remembering – I think it was in Portugal – Ben, we were on like a group tour and like we just had to leave halfway through. Like, just we, you know, we don't want to ruin it for the other people. But Got our it. kids just aren't going to be quiet. They don't want to listen to the guide. He's not, the guide isn't necessarily speaking to kids. So we often find it best to be on a private 
private tour or if we can or to do things on our own okay that makes sense love to ask questions um sometimes too many questions and that is definitely a distraction for the guide and other people so there's just a lot of reasons why it's easier to do something private again that's a cost issue but since we're eight people um often the price is a wash of whether yeah. going to group or group because we're already that many people and i'm sure you love that your kids are asking questions too so you don't want to deter them yeah, from asking we're, questions we're, we're yeah proponent, we encourage the kids to ask questions all the time and ask always ask a million questions but they um, sometimes they like asking too many questions and they don't accept the answer and they just want to keep asking. Got it. <laughs> yep. That's well, kids. Wonderful until go too far. So, uh, that is just a challenge, not a, not a problem, just a challenge to deal with. Um, so anyway, it works out. We taking them to all these places encourages lots of questions because they can contrast it to what they're used to or what they've seen in other yeah. places. So that's exactly what we want is to ask questions, but um, like everything, there has to be limits. That makes sense. Now let's switch gears. A lot of questions that we get are, are how do how do people afford to travel? So what ways have you found that you can afford to travel? <laughs> when we, one of our first trips, I was working for an organization that allowed some humanitarian trips to, uh, to Cuba. So we, did a humanitarian trip to Cuba where we met with some people while we were there. But while I was planning it, it got way too expensive for us. We were married for, I don't know, maybe six months when this happened. <laughs> it was very early on in our marriage. We were, um, we were 22, 23. I don't know. It was very, we were very, we were very young and we had no money saved up. So I know that my parents love to travel. That's why I got my love of travel was because they took me to lots of great places. Uh, so I made a deal with my father. I said, here's the deal. I'll get you to Cuba, but you have to pay for all of us. <laughs> so one way to uh, defray the costs is to uh, to um, bring on people who have uh, more financial flexibility. Uh, but the benefit of that also is that they do also help with kids now. Yeah. Um, uh, having extra set of hands doesn't hurt. Um but that has its own challenges. Yeah, grandparents are really, really helpful. With the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I bet there are there are always challenges with more adults, uh, but um, overall, it uh, it definitely helps. For uh, big picture, it helps. Um, when it comes to overall cost, it, it's I don't know. We we my wife and I are uh, we both are doing okay for ourselves, but we're not uh, rolling in cash. So we try to make it a priority mm-hmm. uh, and make it worthwhile for us. There's lots of places to cut corners. Um, we try to find Airbnbs as opposed to or Turo or um, whatever is the easiest way to um, to get cars or to get places to stay. Um, hotels typically aren't that affordable, mm-hmm. but we do it sometimes. And we'll, depending on the circumstance, we'll get to um, places where there's suites where you can make food. So, so you uh, find Airbnbs are more affordable? Yes, because we're so large, we'd have to get to Got a hotel it. room. Got it. Uh, okay. One hotel room, and we also uh, we don't spend a lot of time in the hotel in general. We try to limit our time there. We have a pool. We save a lot of money typically now staying in like nicer, yeah. fancier places. So we're, we're not going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. If we're not going to be there that much, then we don't need to spend as much on it because you sleep and you move on. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking in a decent area of town, we don't want to get put ourselves in an uncomfortable situation. So we try to be smart about it. Um, 
we I don't say we've done a trip every year, but um, we tr we do some domestic trips, we do some international trips, um, and we try to make sure that it's affordable and we're not overspending in any context. But there's you know, little ways to cut corners. We also um, we're we don't have we keep kosher, so we're unable to eat most of the food where we go. Yeah. We miss out part of that cultural experience, but we save a lot of money on food. Yeah, and we yeah. don't spend the the time and the energy on food as much in other countries. There's um, there are some kosher restaurants and places like in London and Paris, uh, but there aren't many kosher restaurants in uh, in Guatemala, in Guatemala no. City, uh, or Antigua, Guatemala. These just because of that. Because there aren't many options for food, we, it doesn't become a priority, and we can bring things from home or buy things and keep it simpler and definitely save money there. Yeah, food. I imagine, especially for eight of you, that's a huge expense right there. So I imagine that's a, it helps save you on costs right away. Um, you also mentioned when you and I were speaking before that you actually save money by not getting travel insurance. So we've, we haven't had – I don't think we've discussed it too much in the past, but travel insurance is something that uh, – it's definitely a good thing to have in a perfect world, but what we've seen is that it hasn't come up very often. For example, on this past trip to Cancun, um, the larger group of family that was traveling uh, insisted on getting travel insurance because we had planned this trip previously and it was canceled because of COVID. So Got because it. we planned this trip so far in advance, they said, let's get travel insurance just to be safe. So we did, and my wife ended up in the hospital and it was about seventeen hundred dollars. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's a lot of money, but it was not less than it was significantly less than travel insurance for all of travel you. Yeah, for more than that. So rest assured, the travel the, the insurance companies will make out okay. Um, <laughs> but we just haven't seen that the value of the travel insurance is there. Uh, we have our own insurance at home, and hopefully, somebody who's traveling has some kind of health insurance. Um, you can probably work with your own health insurance company to see what their uh, international travel, mm -hmm. um, what their rates are. They probably have their own uh, opportunities. And sometimes what you have when's abroad is covered by your insurance. So I guess it's all circumstantial, but um, big picture, we just you know, make the most of our trip and hopefully nothing happens. Yeah. And that, that's it. That works. Another, another way we um, save is we often will look for the cheapest lights. Um, we fly spirit probably a little bit too often, much to our kids to say. Um, they, they would much rather be on any other airline. Um, so, but, you know, listen, we don't want to do long layovers that are going like, to, you know, take time. And that gets really challenging when you're flying with kids and doing a lot of layovers. Um, but we, you know, we often will look for a cheaper flight, even if it, you know, and sometimes we'll take advantage of a layover. The reason we did London and Paris is we did a one-day layover on our way to Portugal and back. Um, so that allowed us to see two more countries. Yeah. So we that's did a really... And Antwerp that way also. Oh, we, oh, we saw Antwerp also that, and Frankfurt. We're both... Oh, I forgot we went to those places. We also went to Antwerp <laughs> and Frankfurt. Those were each um, one day or a day and a night layovers to and from another trip. So that's a great way to add another country to your repertoire and often makes the flights a little bit more affordable when you have a layover somewhere else. Got it. Got it. Okay, now before we leave, any advice or tips for parents? Go ahead, Ed. I mean, I think we said most of the, the points already. Um, I, I think to keep in mind is like price is an issue in the absence of value. 
that we we obviously don't want to overspend beyond our means, but um, we try to be smart about it and go and you don't want to be cheap in the wrong places. Like I don't want to miss out on if you're going to um, if you're going to Rome, you're not going to skip on the Colosseum because it's I don't know whatever the, the value is. I remember it being very expensive when I was there a long time ago. It it's not you can't go to Rome and not see and not see the Colosseum. Yeah. Like, it's expensive, and sometimes you're spending more than you want, and you're always going to spend more than you expected to. Whatever you budget for an international trip, it's never enough. You're always going to spend more than you expect. But know that going in, and it's not so bad. Um, our kids have a good sense of when to push, and we'll tell them when they go into a market. Uh, we were in uh, we were in Guatemala. I said, you each have $10, whatever the conversion was. And I said, you have $10 to spend. Go buy, go buy whatever you want. Go buy a you know junky toy. Obviously, we still consider what they're buying, but um, as in because my 13 year old came back with a knife and asked, to "Get it?" And I was definitely no. But uh, most of the time, like you know, they're gonna find something fun, and I just said, like, just get whatever you want. And they were so happy to just shop and look for something, and they knew they could get something fun for themselves, nice for themselves. And that was a it, it's just know that it's going to be. Um, it's going to be expensive in the end of the day, but it's going to be worth it in every in every imaginable way. It'll be worth it, and you probably need a day to relax when you get home. There you go. Um, yeah, I think like there's a few other tips I will give. Um, a lot of it comes to packing. Um, packing can like really make or break um, the convenience of your trip. Um, number one for the flights, bring all the food you think you're going to need and then triple that amount. Um, <laughs> it's like the kids have never seen food in their life. <laughs> no, like, I've never seen kids so ravenous. I can't even tell you how much my 14 month old ate on the flight that we had today. Like, I don't even know. She's like a tiny little person. So lots of food, lots of activities for the plane, the dollars actually and Target and the dollar store are great places for that. Packing can really make your trip a make or break it. Um, so, you know, if you're going to be in a hotel for the whole time, great, pack however you want, unpack all your things when you get there. If you're going to be moving hotels every two to three days, we find it really helpful to pack a bag for each stop. You know, one bag that has the pajamas and the bathroom stuff oh, that you're okay. holding for three days, and then another bag that you're not going to even open, because if you're going to open every suitcase, you know, at each stop, that's going to make it really challenging. Um, it's also really helpful to use packing cubes and pack a kid's clothing all together. So their shirt, their pants, their underwear, their socks, like a whole day's outfit together. That way you're not, you know, rummaging through looking for that random pair of socks or a pair of underwear for a gift that doesn't fit that kid. So you can really work on packing to make your trip much easier. Um, and you also pack a lot less when you have it planned out okay. um, in a strategic way. Great tips. Um, and the other thing, and I think I touched upon this before, is that like, the issues that your kids have, your kids fighting, your kids whining, babies crying, like those things are going to happen on vacation. You know, they're going to happen on the airplane. They're going to happen in the hotel, you know, always apologizing to everyone around you, um, but also not worrying about them. You're never going to see them ever again. And, um, you know, but, but it's important to be respectful. You know, your kids, you might get back from something late at night and your kids are really loud in the hotel, but other people are sleeping. So it's teaching the kids to be respectful yeah. of people around them. Um, but just understanding that kids are kids. And just because you're going on a trip, um, it's not going to change their attitude and their behavior. 
Um, but learning to work with them and teach them, you know, when's an appropriate time for different things. Um, that's been really helpful over the years. And I know you mentioned even simple things, which I know I appreciate is teaching your kids not to kick the seats in front of you, not to play with the trade tables. I know you mentioned that as well. And I'm sure it's hard when you have six kids, but I mean, even you say how important that is too. It's important to tell the kids about how to be respectful of other people, but even when they're too young, just knowing, but if you've ever had your seat kicked, (laughs) it's less bothersome than when the parent just doesn't care. Yeah. Right. I don't care if the parents, parents trying to get the kid to stop. I'm much more sympathetic to that parent. than if the parents ignoring the kids saying, yeah, kids are kids. So it's, everything's a balance in that, in that regard. One of the things that we have come to realize is that the unplanned parts of our trip sometimes are the most fun things. Uh, We plan out our days in a lot of detail. There's usually one or two things a day that are the must do's. And then there are the hope to do's or the if we have time things. And if we get to them, great. And if not, not. But sometimes you're walking down the street and you see something interesting. You see a market that you didn't realize it wasn't on the list of things to go see. Um, and the kids want to go in. It's like, OK, great. Sometimes a supermarket is fun to walk through just yeah. because it's a whole different set of <laughs> everything looks different in another country. Different food items they've never seen before. Sometimes it's fun seeing a can of Pringles in another language. Just like all those fun <laughs> kids get to see. I didn't schedule on the on the itinerary to go to a supermarket and explore the aisles, but you know what? That's fun too. Yeah, that's uh, true. You don't think about it. Sometimes they see a fruit they've never seen before. Uh, the open air markets in a supermarket, whatever it is, there's those are the those can sometimes be the best experiences. Is just the things you weren't expecting to come across. Thanks, Ben. Megan, anything? Any final words before we leave the show? I would just say like. Like we've said, like anything that could be a hurdle if you make it a hurdle. Um, but you can also find a way. And it's just so enjoyable and fun to be able to go with your kids to different places. Um, and just remind yourselves, like I think Ben said earlier, it's not a vacation. It's a trip. Or maybe you want to call it a relocation. Um, and, and when you have that attitude that you're on a trip with your family, um, it's very different than you think you're going to relax. Like sometimes yeah. it brings a book thinking that I'll get to read it. Um, and if I get to read a chapter or two, I'm really grateful for that. Um, I, you know, if I want to relax, I will leave my family and go somewhere else by myself. Um, not that I ever do that, but in theory, that, that sounds wonderful. Um, but no, just, you know, you know, as we are preparing for this, just thinking about all the memories and all the different places we've been, is really, it's just, it's been so great. And we've been so fortunate that we've been able to do that and, you know, continue to look forward to do it with our kids as they grow older. I kind of feel bad for some of the younger kids because we're not going to want to go back to some of the places we've already been. Yeah. So I guess they'll have to go there with their families. Um, but our overall attitude to traveling is, I don't know if we're going to go back to this place ever again. Yeah. You know, if we're mm-hmm. there. So we want to see everything and do everything. I don't want there to be a time where, oh, we didn't get there because we were like a little bit tired or we didn't want to go the extra effort. You know, if there's something unique or special, we want to make sure we see it. And we know that not everyone travels like us. Um, We have a lot of friends that we could not go on vacation with. So not everyone wants to push themselves all day, every day. But the response we get from our family and friends, probably more than anything, is how do you do so much in a day? Mm-hmm. And like, how do your kids put up with it? <laughs> and um, I guess we're fortunate that we've trained them over the years um, that we're able to do so much. Yeah, definitely. 
Well, thank you both. I cannot thank you enough for coming on the show and sharing your experiences with us. I can't wait to follow you and see what other travel adventures you have with your family. Make sure to follow us on Facebook at Planes, Trains, Kids Abroad to get updates on upcoming podcasts, share your own overseas travel adventures, or ask questions from other parents who have traveled abroad. If you would like to join me as a guest on the show, please sign up at planestrainskidsabroad.com and help me to inspire other families to experience their own overseas travel adventures. I want to thank you for listening to the show and thank Ray Ortiz for providing music for the show. Music.